You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back. We are back with the podcast. Uh, So... We've got a couple different things. So we've done a couple trip, uh, kind of trip previews when I've gone to Vegas about like kind of what casinos and stuff like that. And that's always a really good podcast to kind of, uh, you know, everybody's gone to Vegas and kind of wanted to know which casinos they wanted to play at, which are the best ones. Uh, you're not going to Vegas, but you are doing something I've wanted to do for a long time and take like, and you're taking kind of a, well, I won't say it's a poker trip. You're going with family, but it's you're going to include poker in that trip. Yeah, poker will be a big part of the trip. So it's a so you're going to Connecticut, correct? And we'll be at Mohegan and Foxwoods. That is pretty awesome. And so you have actually played at Mohegan and Foxwoods before. I played my first live tournament at Foxwoods. Oh, how'd you do? Horrible. Uh, the first time I didn't make it to the first break, and the second time I made it, I think to past two breaks, and they were like day after, like one after another, like one was it was one day in between. So were is the are, are these casinos the first time you actually played poker? Well, maybe actually it was so long ago, I don't remember the first time I played poker. I mean, like outside of home game. I mean, I, and I'd obviously mean it like a casino. Most people played poker, started at a home game, oh, you know, no. with friends. But right, no, I th- no, no, that's what I mean. I don't know if this is the first casino I've ever played at. It might be Mohegan, might be, because okay. at first I was thinking Golden Nugget for sure, but you might be right because I was going to Mohegan before I was really going to Golden Nugget. So there's. Actually, a really high possibility. I mean, it's been so long since the first time, but now that you've mentioned, I would say it's over 50% shot that this is the first place I played live cash at. Okay. So coming from someone who's never been anywhere in this area, I've never played at uh, Mohegan, Foxwoods, never been in the northeast part of the United States. Uh, I have always heard Foxwoods is one of the biggest poker rooms like in the United States. I mean, when I went there, so I went there during, I think they had the World Series of Poker event going on there. There was some sort of event going on, like a WSOP event. Okay. And, um, like I said, this is a few years ago, so, but I remember it was just massive. Like, we walked in, there was cash games going on on one floor, then we went up, and there was just infinite tournament, tournament tables, it seemed like. Because we played a, like, just a $60 daily tournament at, like, 9 in the morning. Okay, the first tournament fun. of the day is what we did for both days, like a super turbo type thing. Okay. But I do remember it was just a massive table, um, casino, casino, poker room, because we would we were looking at people playing cash up on the second floor, and there's kind of like a hole in the ground, and you can see right into the game. You can see the table. That's pretty cool. I'll be kind of curious. I think it's shrunk a little bit just because. So from what I understand, like Foxwoods was like the big place that everybody from like New York and all that would would go to, and like it was just 
it was the only po like one around for a while, and now that poker's expanded, more and more places actually have places to play, so it's not as big. This is all like from hearsay, but uh, it's not as big as it was. But I mean, it was already so massive that's probably still one of the biggest ones. Oh, I mean, like I said, it just seemed like it was endless tables whenever I was there. So, so did you ever play cash at these games, or was it only tournaments? Um, Mohegan, I played cash. I don't think I'm. No, I did not play any cash at Foxwoods. I only did the tournaments, um, and I played cash a few times at Mohegan. So this will be kind of interesting because I mean, when I met you, you were not a winning player. You were not a winning cash game player or anything like that. So I mean, back then, I think you were probably not nearly as good as you were you are now. So it'd be kind of interesting to go back to these grounds where you probably didn't do that great in cash and go back as a player who understands the game, is now a winning player, and is going to, I mean, it's going to be a vast difference, I would say. Well, I mean, to put in perspective, I mean, I would buy in for $100 and just play until I lost the $100. Yeah, which, I mean, like we all started kind of like, I mean, none of us started as winning players, but it's kind of interesting for you to, like, take that, like, I started there, played there, and then, you know, like kind of like after this transform of like, you know, eight years of knowing poker to kind of go back to like where you started. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how you do. It's funny because back then I didn't even have a job. So this hundred dollars was, I mean, just the biggest deal in the world not to lose or oh, at least make yeah. it last. Oh, I definitely could see that. I mean, at that point, you know, a hundred dollars. I mean, before we had actual careers and everything like that, I mean, it seemed like. I mean, my first job was four seventy five an hour. That's how far. So I mean, a hundred dollars. I mean, might as well have been a million at that point. Yeah, I was like, I was playing with a hundred dollars that my parents gave me because I didn't have any money. So I mean, <laughs> that's how serious the money was. <laughs> Tyler was like, and guess what? It never went well at that point. <laughs> well, no, I had a few where I'd play a few hours, you know, getting six hours of play or whatever, you know, and that others I would go about four. But literally about 90% of the time would leave with zero. Would just play until very much that passive player who would just fold, 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 not raise aces, not raise ace king. You know, I would, I remember this vividly playing in these games with my short stack. Anytime I get a good hand, I would think in my head, everyone would limp. I'd be like, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to shake this up too much. I don't want this hand to get out of control right now. Oh. I'm going to just limp. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think we all started that way. I mean, I was like, why would you raise when you don't even know what the flop is, moron? I mean, I mean yeah, I think we all like kind of started that way. And I remember I was playing in a 1-3 game. This was uh, not at Mohegan or Fox. This was back when I went to Louisiana, but this was in that era. I remember I flopped a set of fives, and I remember I was going for value on the room. I was like, I'm going to just crush this guy. $20. <laughs> well and did, paid, did that guy call he did call and he seemed super disappointed i mean hopefully that guy made it i mean that, you, that guy's 20 dollars. hopefully he he's he was able to survive that <laughs> but that's a uh well this will be kind of interesting i'll be interested to see like what changes have made what you think of the poker rooms now that you've been to like vegas you've been to all these other poker rooms how like 
I think everybody has, like, when you first go to, like, a poker room like that, everything is pretty crazy because you have no comparison. So how you kind of feel about it, like, after see, going back and after seeing all these other ones? So here's one thing, though. It's been so long. I won't probably, I probably won't be able to compare it. I'll probably just be able to, or compare when I went to this time, I'll probably be able to compare that room to other rooms. Yeah, that's kind of what I was uh, going with. Like, I mean, it's been, I know it's been a long time, but just how... How how will you like it compared to some of the other rooms? I have another good story for you. At my first tournament, first ever live cash game tournament at uh, Foxwoods. Bring out break out your rookie card. <laughs> so I'm playing. I have I believe it was two big blinds. I'm in the big blind. Okay. I have eight three offsuit. The small blind completes. It's on me. I just look at everyone, look at the dealer, and just fold. Huh. <laughs> with two big blinds? No, no, no. I put one big blind oh, in there. Oh, <laughs> you, you folded your big blind. Yeah. And you want to talk about everyone being just so confused. I mean, definitely. Definitely could be confused. <laughs> I don't I didn't want to play that one. <laughs> I mean, it was 8-3 offsuit. So, I mean, you know, you didn't want those reverse implied odds coming to bite you in the ass. <laughs> Nothing but trouble from this, so yeah, I'll be know. all in next hand. I don't know. This is standard. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so, like I said, it'll be pretty funny because I think um, we're actually going to play some, hopefully, some tournaments there at Foxwoods again. My dad wants to go play, so that's pretty. That'll be pretty interesting because I mean, you have not been a tournament player for. I mean, digit, yeah, you've really played almost zero tournaments, almost. I mean, just like just, a handful, really. Yeah, I just told you my experience right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if that's what you're bringing it for, then you should stick, stick to those cash games. Uh, what kind of limits are you hoping to do the tournaments at Foxwoods? Have you seen what they're running? Or I'm guessing, um, since my dad wants to, he wants to play in the tournaments. We're probably gonna be doing the daily minimum, the, those daily small tournaments. If I had to guess. Okay, sounds good. That's a. Uh, It'll probably be like a weekday, early morning when all the retirees come out to play. Okay, I mean, well, I mean, like I've always said, those early, those, those super low buy-ins. I don't know if they're profitable because they rake is normally so high, but it's great because usually it's just such a super soft field, and it's a great way to get your feel for it. It's uh, and your dad has played some poker before. Probably knows the game better because he's dealt poker before. Oh, yeah, he's dealt poker for a while. Still dealing poker. But he doesn't play all that much, it doesn't seem like. He play, he's definitely played before, but not all that much. Correct. Okay, well, this will be this will be a really good uh, way to, to go about it. I remember when I found out these tournaments like in Vegas. Because back in the day, we didn't. Well, all we had was the uh, underground games in Houston that were 1-3. And then you'd have the tournaments here. And then I found Vegas, and you cheap tournaments. I was like, you know, I wasn't a winning player. I was like, $50 tournament, but I get two to three hours of play out of that. I was like, that's a win right there. So uh, these tournaments are a lot of fun, especially if you're kind of just getting into it or haven't played in a while. Right, and that's probably the best advice for anyone who's starting poker or not winning is you get tons of play out of your money for those tournaments. So we've always said that. Yeah, I've always, I've always for new players feel like there is a ladder that you can go on and the first is to do these low buy-in tournaments because like you say you can 
pay 50 sometimes $20 and get a ton of play for your money. Really get to know the game. They and they're just a ton of fun too. You're eventually you're going to just run like god and you're going to spike one in cash or maybe even better. Uh and then as you get better and better, you should switch to cash where you can actually be a winning player easier. Not as, I mean, you can do what you want. I mean, you could grind tournaments if you feel like it. But, I mean, I feel like it's going to be a, a harder road for sure. It's yeah, it's definitely a harder road. I mean, well, the thing is, I think you can you can beat tournaments, but I think it's just got to be a higher level, and it's harder to get that bankroll to do it in tournaments versus a cash game. Yeah, fair enough. Hopefully you have more money than Clint and I, and you can just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just take it down. Oh, well, as long as the podcast listeners know, like, I've switched to tournaments just because I find tournaments way more fun than cash games. I mean, I just, I think the fact that you're winning, there's there's a finality of a win. It's more like an actual score. I, uh, like I say, when you win a tournament, it's a different feeling than even running well in a cash game. Uh, but it is weird because tournaments are the only one where, like, you can come in what did Rampage come in six for eighty thousand on his last vlog, and it was just such a disappointment. It's crazy how you can oh. win, or it was fifty, or whatever. It was a gigantic score, but it there's always still some little disappointment in there. Oh yeah, there's definitely that's the downside of the tournaments is is there's going to be so many where you don't cash, where you don't uh, score big, and all that, and it's. I mean, and like you say, even when you cash, it feels yeah. like a loss a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just the weirdest thing where you can come in like third and you're still like, what could have been? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, it's, but I, like I say, way well, because cash games, since there's blinds and never going up, if you're card dead, technically you should just fold. Oh, well, not, yeah, 100%. But as tournaments, if you're card dead, there is going to be a time where, I mean, you're going to be making moves. So, I mean, there's, it's not got like, you're just four hours in a cash game where you're just like, God dang, I've seen Jack 3 offsuit 80 times. I mean, in the tournaments, I mean, there's going to be a time where you have to, you're up against it and you're just, as it gets higher and higher, you're going to have to play more and more. So, I think that adds to the fun and the, uh, the all ins and everything like that. So, but, I'll be kind of interested to see how you and your dad like these tournaments. Yeah, I'll be. I mean, I'm gonna be excited to go back to and just see how the cash games there compare to Vegas and Houston. I'm super, super excited to hear that because everybody knows that in Texas we are kind of like blessed with these crazy cash games that most of the country I don't think gets nearly as good. I mean, when I go to Vegas, I outside of hitting the right table at the right time, it's very rare I get a game as good as it is in Texas. Uh, so, I hear Florida's really good, but I'm very curious on a place that we don't hear about at all. Because you hear about Vegas, you hear about Florida, but Connecticut, way across the country, I'll be very curious to see how those games are. Yeah, it'll definitely be something to look forward to next week. Well, that's a, I'm super jealous. I've always wanted to do a poker trip that's not Vegas. It's something different. So I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Right. You actually played a session, though. You, not a long one, I don't think you said. But you played one in between here, well, this one and last episode. Yeah. it's a, So Friday, Cypress Poker, 
I mean, if you are in the Houston area, and I've I recommend a lot of clubs around here because I really enjoy. I think they are a lot of them are very good. Uh, Champions has been one I've been frequenting quite a bit. I think it is amazing club, and it's one you should definitely go to. Uh, but if on the weekends, Cypress Poker Room, their giveaways are just pretty much ridiculous. I mean, if it's a Friday or Saturday, you really need to try to make it out there because it's, I think it was $300 every half hour. I mean, it was only three tables. Your odds of hitting are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So it's Friday. I didn't have a lot of time Friday, but I wanted to make it out to for these, for these promotions for a little bit. So I go, and for the most of the session, I am just just ridiculously card dead. Not much of a, it's not a super exciting session, but I did get in kind of an interesting spot. I have, where I have ace-queen on the button, there's a straddle to six, hijack raises to 26, cutoff calls. Yeah, I'll tell you what, what are you doing here, Tyler? Oh, man, dude, this is, like, out of all the times, like, Last session I talked about, I was three betting king queen suit and I was doing all this stuff. This is a spot that I often wimp out. In. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I know I'm incentivized to three bet here a ton because that uh, that caller in between. Um, let's just imagine I'm playing well and I three bet. Okay, let's <laughs> say you do three bet. What do you think? Uh, the high, the straddles to six is twenty six twenty six. What are you gonna make it? Mm, I'm thinking like eighty. So I made it a hundred. Yeah, I like that better. I was gonna say I was yeah. No, that's definitely better. Uh, and like I said, I think eighty would be more my go-to. But I mean, a hundred. This to me, I love because it's enough to kind of hopefully, if I get folds, fifty-two, I fifty-eight. I mean, I've got fifty-eight plus the blinds. I'm almost got a sixty-dollar profit, a little over sixty-dollar profit here. Oh no, between the so, two, I like a hundred way more. So so it's a I make it a hundred. The small blind cold, cold calls. This is weird. Very strange. Uh, the other players fold. So the flop is 8-7-4. It goes check. What do you do here? I think I'm checking. Okay, see, I, did, I, I don't like the way I played this, uh, but I did check back. Uh, that doesn't sound good for me. <laughs> well, I mean, like I did the same thing. I mean, in my reasoning was this range hits his range way more. I mean, him cold calling you just screams so much strength. Where, I mean, unless I hit an ace or a queen, I'm probably done with this. That cold call was very, uh, very problematic for me too. It's a uh, because I mean, he could cold call with ace king. He could cold call with. A lot of cold calls are going to be pocket pairs, I think. Ten, like nines, tens, jacks, uh, stuff like that. So maybe this is on on there. at the. But I was like, well... Because my thought is I can almost check aces sometimes here. It's a, it's a range that hits his flop, that hits his hand more. Uh, but here's the problem. Is he, the turn is a three. He bets 400 into the pot of about... 225 about 250 i mean i'm just so done here i mean i don't i once i see that was my problem is once i check this flop i mean i'm i mean i guess i could do it with aces and sometimes i'm just gonna get that same result but i mean there's nothing you can do here but fold at this point i mean anything else would be pretty wild (laughs) 
Yeah, but I was wondering if maybe I should. So it was 100, it was about 250. The only thing I'd entertain on that flop is a down bed, a super small down bed. That's what I was wondering if maybe like 80, like $80 or something. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I I still think I'm just out of there with this, but I those are for me those are the only two options is the 80 or checking, really. Yeah, I mean... Did he show you the hand? No, I never saw the hand. I take it you folded. I did fold, yeah. I mean, it was one of those... I thought about it for a split second. It was like, can any hide, like Broadway cards or whatever? Because I was like, I feel like it's very face-up of ace-king, ace-queen. That's the problem is when I check that flop. But like I say, I think I do check that flop with some like... Probably not anything like nines through jacks because I want some protection from over cards. But like aces, kings, and queens, I think you can check there sometimes. Here's one one thing I've learned in low stakes poker: when someone two x's pot, they're normally pretty strong. I, maybe so. I, I will say this: I have run into so more over bets in this past week than I have maybe in the last three months, and I'm like, like, or I mean, I haven't really put anybody to the test. I mean, I, it's not anything where. A lot of the times, I just didn't have the hand to put them to the test. But it was just been kind of a weird... I, I don't face over bets that often, but God almighty, this last couple of weeks, it's been two like two to three times pot all the time, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are better spots in this exact hand, though. Oh, I mean, 100%. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, I definitely am not calling ace-queen here. I mean, that's... Uh, but, I mean, I was just wondering, like, my flop check. Should if I if I down bet like a lot of people will read that as at least possible aces kings and queens and they're probably not jamming turn, and then once was it they a jam it was a jam well it, I don't think it was a jam I'm sorry it was an over bet yeah okay uh shout mm, I don't remember if it was a jam or not I know it was I do know it was four hundred. I mean, it just seems like this player's lost their mind, too. Because it almost seems like anything good wouldn't do this. Uh, Well, I do think, like, if you have nines or tens and you get this flop and I check the flop back, I think this would be pretty. No, or even, like, I don't know how he gets an eight here with my cold calling 100. But, I mean, if he's got, like, a overpair that needs protection i think this would make sense this is gonna sound pretty skeptical but i kind of think this might be somebody who cold called with a pocket pair hit their set thinks you have an overpair and are just going for the gusto here i see i got the i got a very i mean i think once i check even though i do think you could i would check some overpairs to this board sometimes I don't think people will normally, like in low stakes poker. I think when they check behind, everybody likes loves to put you on. I mean, I remember he- hearing this on Ben Deach's, uh, uh YouTube, and although I mean, a lot of his stuff he says is kind of in kind of funny or whatever, especially when it comes to low stakes. Like people love to put you on Ace King, and I think that's very true. Oh, I mean, it's definitely true. So, I mean, I think when I check this back, a lot of people will put ace-king, ace-queen. I thought it as more of something for protection. Obviously, sets are available, too, though. Well, that just, to me, makes sense on the cold call. Like, that, at least that story would make a little sense to me. 
Yeah. Like, even though they're doing it with not the correct odds to set mine, I can at least see a world where that would be something they could have. I could see that, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it would definitely make sense. And also, this is also very player-dependent, too. I mean, we don't really, you didn't really give us much info on this player. I mean, if there's a super wreck player, you know, this could change a lot of things. This is like a, I mean, it just really depends. I mean, obviously it didn't play a role in this, so it might not have mattered. Like, you might not have had a read on it. But I think there are some other factors in this. Yeah, I played with this player before. Uh, he's older Asian. Uh, but I don't think he's as gambly as some other older Asians that you would kind of imagine. So, I kind of just take it as a face value bet. I didn't really make a just a huge look like crazy read here. I mean, well, I mean at this point, like I say, once you get to the turn, I mean it's an easy hand. It's just a matter of if I should be like c betting that flop. I think that's the only really decision point. I think is interesting. Is uh, it's kind of there. Yeah, I think the whole thing is pretty interesting. It's in, it's more interesting from his point of view. I would love to know what he had. Because, uh, like you said, yours is pretty straightforward. Um, would have been really interesting to know what he's doing that with. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I definitely would love to know. So, it's uh, I was gonna say, and if you're listening, let let us know what you had. There you go. <laughs> so outside, of, uh, once I lost this hand, it, the whole uh, I could never really get back on track. I ended up, I think, uh, being down like two hundred bucks. Uh, just going card dead for like an hour, hour and a half. And I was, uh, I just, one of those, I was super tired, super card dead, very frustrated, and just kind of ended up cashing out after probably like three hours of a not great session. It's so funny because we always talk about how I'd rather, I mean, I feel like I'd rather be drunk than tired. I think tired in poker. I mean, you're right. I think. I think I could, like you mean, play better. You could play better drunk correct, than tired. Correct, I agree. Because what I always say is, if you want to find a way to leave that poker table, you can find it. You know? That's <laughs> so. a great way to think of it. I mean, because if you're drunk, you're not really trying. You're having a good time, and you might play a little bit loose. Obviously, there's a limit to drunk. We're talking about like kind of like feeling good, but not like you can't stack your chips drunk. <laughs> Well, we're talking drunk compared to two people who don't drink at all when they play. So, yeah. drinking a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what you guys would probably consider not drunk at all. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. So, yeah, 100%. I think just with some alcohol would be way better than tired. Because tired, I get so frustrated so fast. Because, like, I mean, poker can be just so goddamn boring sometimes when you're card dead. And if you're tired on top of it, it is a horrid combination. Yeah, because for me, I feel like whenever that happens to me, then when I get a good hand, there's no fold button. I am very susceptible to the same thing. Like, I will, I'm very bad about overplaying hands when I've been super card dead and very and tired, without a doubt. Oh, man, that, I do remember there was a few episodes where that was definitely a thing for you, where, like, you'd be card dead. You haven't done it in probably over a year now, but where you call down with aces knowing that you're no good, but just can't believe that aces are no good like because you waited so long to get them i remember you used yeah. to have a few where you would i call knowing i'm no good but 
I mean, uh, at least you haven't done it in a while, but... I haven't done it in a while, but yeah, there's definitely, like, when you've been waiting, like, two or three hours, and you just really haven't got anything to go to battle with, and then you're like, I finally get this hand, you're like, this is just gotta hold up. I mean, 100%, it's not that hard to get into that mentality, and I've definitely been guilty of it. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, we kind of had to bring this one, I mean, it's going to release later in the week, but we had to kind of rush it out, because I'm going out of town I mean, very soon, really. <laughs> well, it'll be it's great because it'll be uh, great content for our uh, next podcast when uh, you come back and kind of give us a rundown of what it's like playing up there and how you did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I guess on that note, this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up, add time, and we'll see you next week.